So here's the thing, entrepreneurs, leaders, salespeople, we all want to create consistent, repeatable, and scalable ways to grow our business and our income. And we want to do it better, faster, and more seamlessly. Why? So we can actually enjoy our lives, take vacations, and spend the quality time we want with the people that we love. How do we do all this without spending a fortune or running ourselves ragged? That's the big question, and this show is dedicated to the answer. Hey, welcome everybody on Facebook to This Week in Housing, of course, uh, with my friend David Childers. David, before we start, and you know, we're waiting for uh, you know, all our friends to jump on here live, uh, I want to just say to you personally, to Steve and to Bill and to everybody at KCM, um, an enormous thank you. I mean, it, it, this is our 20th show since the pandemic. And you know, maybe we could have done a few more, maybe we could have done a few less. Um, but one could argue that the data that you brought right into, you know, into our ecosystem from the data that you guys are pulling together at KCM has been nothing short of, I guess the word that I would describe it is you created resiliency for a lot of people. You gave them what they needed. You gave them the, the voice of reason to be able to go out into the marketplace and say, I know we're hearing all this stuff, right? We're hearing these terrifying headlines and yet our agents, our community were able to go out and bring out the right data, another perspective. So I just want to say for myself and the entire ecosystem, our entire community of coaches and clients around the world, thank you to the team at KCM. And I literally, like, I feel like you guys deserve this. So that's a standing ovation for myself and the entire community. As my friends are going on and, and jumping in here, uh, if you just walked in, I literally just took a second and gushed on David and the team at KCM, thanking them profusely. Um, can we see some thank yous in the comments? If you got value out of, you know, this is our 20th show, right, during the pandemic, where we're trying to just give you the tools, give you the data, give you the talking points so you can go out and educate customers, I think David and his team at KCM deserve a, a lot of our gratitude. So I want to see it in the comments. Of course, we're, you know, we're watching this live and we're, now, we're, we're a couple seconds behind and, and there they are. Yeah, I, to think about this being the 20th show, to think about we're at the end of 2020 and 21. Right. Uh, right. Um, thank you for those comments. Um, you know, I, I think back on, on this year and, you know, one of, the, one of the things we said at KCM on the front end of this is in times of uncertainty, people follow the certainty. You know, they follow the certain. Uh, yep. And, you know, without, without a doubt, uh, I, I would give the credit back to the team. I would give the credit to... Bill Harney, he and I had a, had a call. I was thinking about it uh, this morning on Saturday, uh, March 14th, the, yeah. the first Saturday. And he said, we're going to do every week, everything we can at KCM to help as many people as possible, as many agents as possible. And Tom, right. you got out there and you said, okay, here's what people uh, need to hear. Here's how we need to present it. And, and you know, we're the voice of reason in, in a world where a lot of people, you know, we're losing that, you know, and um, right. hats off to you for for that. And you know, I think I think all of us have questions about 2021, but for sure we can all agree we're ready to get rid of 2020. So I, I'm looking forward to the future. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So I think we're on the same page. And I know everyone out there watching, uh, you know, I heard this morning that one of our coaches passed away. Right. So, you know, once again, I am reminded that, you know, the tragedy that we dealt with was very real this year. Right, whether it was the Black Lives Matter movement, the social unrest, the pandemic, the you know the emotional state that people went into, the crisis for so many, and on the flip side with real estate, there was just so much triumph. And I'm, I agree, I'm ready for this year to be over. Um, and 
I'm not ready for it to be over from the standpoint that I'm, I'm so against 2020. I think that 2020 revealed resiliency, power, brand, truth, mm-hmm. how important trusted advisors are. Uh, I think that it, what I, well, I don't think I know when I look at the data of our clients and their success this year versus last year and how probably all of them were feeling, call it, you know, April 1st, April 2nd, April 3rd, that many of them that are now today, 30% ahead of goal, 60% ahead of goal, 70% ahead of goal, they're, they're all sitting back and saying, thank goodness. Thank goodness we had you guys at KCM, a little accountability, a reminder, all of our pivot stuff. So I'm, I'm feeling very grateful going into the new year. Um, but, you know, they're not here to hear us, you know, love on each other. They're here because they want to know, we promised hey, this is what the market said. This is what the headline said. This is what some of those terrifying you know, messages in your head were saying. And this is what we talked about. And, and you know, this, isn't a, this isn't a David and I saying, good job. It is a reminder. And inside of this deck, what you're going to download today, my friends, there is a lot of content. I would encourage you to watch what David and I do right now very carefully and then ask yourself, how quickly could you do the same? How quickly could you go back and look at what were you saying to the people inside your database? What were you saying to your past clients and sphere? What were you saying to your community in the middle of all this? All the things that you did to move people forward and to help and to push and to encourage, I would encourage you to do a little recap of the year video, just like we're doing here. It'd be a very good move for all of you because looking at like Mary Simmons Maloney right here, I know Mary with her military background in San Diego. I know the difference she made for a community. I know the sweat equity she put in, and I know the impact that's had on her business, right? And Mary's not the kind of person that would do it because she wants the accolade. She does it because it's because doing the right thing is always doing the right thing. So, David, let let's go into it. Let's talk some contrast. Like, like yeah. remember, remember we, we, the whole world was going to fall apart back in March and April. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Tom, you know your idea and talking about this of going back and saying, okay, what happened? What was said? Then what actually happened? And how did this play out? Right. It's going to be interesting to to watch. Now, I want to say one thing about about this these topics because it's it's very relative and and apparent going through this to our team what sort of played out, and I think it's going to help as we think about this. And here's you know the first one I'm going to hop into is uh, the topic recession doesn't equal housing crisis. We've been talking about it. Now, here's the interesting thing. At KCM, we start talking about topics and we try our best to stay ahead of the topic before it becomes mainstream. Yeah. And and that's what I would encourage people to listen for today is what are we talking about right now that in 2021 is going to become a mainstream topic? I'll argue one of those right now is pricing. A lot of more questions are going to pop up. Affordability. Let's right. be talking about these right. before they're happening. You know, one of the one of the ones we talked about in the fall is foreclosure crisis. Are we about to hit it? What are you seeing right now in the news? You're seeing more and more experts go, you know what? I don't think we're going to see that right now. And we always want to have that information to, 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 to sort of step into that and go, exactly. That's what we've been saying. Let me educate you on it. Yeah. You know, 100%. that flow right there is exactly what we're talking about. You know, and if we kick it off here, let me let me share my screen and just show you some visuals, because what I did is I went back and I pulled some of the slides from where we started 
Uh, and and want to give you a little bit of perspective on that. And the first one is this this image right here we used a lot of times that recession doesn't equal housing crisis. And going back to what I just said, we started uh, talking about this, if you'll remember, in August of 2019 at the summit when we rolled out this slide. You know, home price changed during the last five recessions. If you remember that time uh, we were there, the yield curve inverted, which when the yield curve inverts is an indicator that we're heading towards a recession. Now, no one could have seen a pandemic that would bring that on, but we had to come back and say, okay, what's happened in housing um, over prior recessions? And, you know, our our, our recent memory is the housing crisis when homes lost almost 20%. We remember that and we think, okay, that's what's going to happen again. But the data shows us otherwise. And we and can David, even before you, see that. Before you show the next slide, I want to just reiterate to my friends out there, what we're going through right now is a show that you should be doing. What we're going through right now are at the minimum slides that you should be showing, especially these two, because look, we're talking about 2019, right? Mm-hmm. Last year at the summit, David is up on stage and we're saying, we have got to prepare our clients for what people are going to feel, which is, Hey, a recession, the whole world's going to fall apart. Housing's going to crash. Remember, the interest rates were climbing up and people were starting to panic. We were talking about it then, but show them the next slide because it's pretty yeah, revealing this what's is, happening. This is the one. Yeah, this is the one you want to take a picture of or share or get it out there right now and you, you have access to the slides. But we now know what home price change looks like during the last six recessions. And what have we seen here? Over 7% appreciation. Actually, um, three times here, we're seeing appreciation significantly above historical appreciation in a recession. And there are a lot of reasons for that, that housing outperforms the market and certainly has uh, this time in recessions. But, you know, as we start to look back and we go back, okay, we were at the summit, we were talking about this, we rolled into the, to the, to the front of the year and, you know, kind of, kind of the, the pandemic starts to happen and we go, okay, we're going to go into a recession being able to be the voice of reason with this is what happens, you know, during a recession relative to housing. And it's not what you think, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of putting the emotion on the side and looking at the facts and being able to guide people forward confidently. And and that image, I I think, tells a, tells a story just in the difference from where we started. Now we can see it. We're building this case, you know, going down the road. Right. I'm looking right now, David, by the way, at, at some of the most remarkable agents, you know, in the U.S. and Canada that are just popping in. Deb Lai just popped in. And, you know, here's a woman that is having the most extraordinary year ever. And she's like saying unbelievably great information, you know, on these, as always, thank you. And, and Deb, you're welcome. And what I would say to you, especially someone like yourself, running such a high-performing team, doing so much goodwill, and as an investor, which we know you are, you know, this is the kind of information, the more you put it out right now, and I could even argue starting in January, Right, David, my, my prediction is if you pay attention to the news cycle right now, it's a little boring, right? Mm-hmm. It's a little boring, but it's going to heat up. And we're going to hear stories of recession again. Right. We've got lots of states in the union right now that are on lockdown. And when sure. that happened last time, I was driving down Pacific Coast Highway, David, a couple of nights ago, going to see a friend of mine. And it was literally one building after another that should have been lit up, happy holidays, people inside shopping. All that stuff was closed. So we know what's going to happen. We know the headlines are going to get terrifying again. Yeah, so I think it's important yeah, yeah. for all of us to recognize we know the play that works. We mm-hmm. know what we need to do to stay ahead of it. So, 
David, I'm, I'm getting a little excited here. I can't help it, but no, I, I think, and, and let's 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 kind of realize where we are. There's there is light at the end of the tunnel, but we've yes. got to get through the tunnel to get there. That that is exactly where we're at right now, yes. and, and I believe we have a lot of reasons to be optimistic. On the KCM blog today, it's three reasons to be optimistic about 2021 real estate. But right. but we, we are going to get get you know need to get from here to there, and, and there are going to be questions. To your point, they're going to pop up real quick. Yeah. So let's let's talk about what is in the news right now, which is forbearance. Yeah, uh, you know, even this this week, information coming out saying, "Hey, more right. people are grabbing uh, forbearance and using that." So let's talk about where we started here, uh, and I'm going to call this, you know, forbearance concerns versus reality. On the far left, you see the initial forecast this summer was that as many as 30 percent of mortgages would go into forbearance, and really how that conversation went was. Okay, all these mortgages are going to go into forbearance and every one of them is going to turn into a foreclosure. Right. That was the fear in the market. And you and I talked a lot, Tom, of different people that uh, you were talking to. We were looking at the data and having going, okay, we need to bring this information uh, to everybody on this week in housing. The actual peak uh, was 8.6% of mortgages in forbearance. And right now we sit about 5.5%. Now, depending on if you're looking at, you know, which service, you're going to see a little bit of variation in that, uh, that percentage there, but, but lower than where we peaked, significantly lower than what experts thought at the time. And you remember if we, if, if, if we go back to what we said back then is the federal government and banks do not want 2008 all over again. No. They're going to do everything in their power to help homeowners weather the storm relative to housing, something we didn't have back in the housing crisis, yep. and you know get to the other side on this. And I think we're seeing forbearance play out that way and uh, helping a significant number of people. And, and I've got the updated numbers on yeah, let's, you know, let's how that is playing out that I think should give people optimism and confidence as we move forward. Yep. But again, now, I want to I want to stress before you show them the slide, everybody watching and Deb was very kind. Deb said, I need to put out more content. Deb, everybody <laughs> needs to do more. The flight to quality for consumers, to agents like all of you watching right now, this year was greater than I've ever seen it in my 31 years. The consumer wants a professional, wants a knowledge broker, wants an expert. So I don't care for anybody. Deb Bly, who's a friend to anyone watching right now, the next two slides, if you just come out and say, this is what everybody said and when they said it, this is what actually happened. And then the next slide that he's going to show you, and David, I know we didn't, we went through it a couple of weeks ago. I think we should hopefully from memory, remind everybody of the number of actual foreclosures that happen every year, regardless of what's going on. Right. Especially right. when they see this next slide. So share the yeah. next slide, talk about it, then let's make sure we cover that. Yeah, I'll, I'll walk through that. So this is this is what's happening as of the most recent data of those that were given forbearance, what's happened to them as of the middle of November, okay? So if we start on the left here, we see 2.2 million extended their forbearance. So they took out initial forbearance and, you know, they're allowed to extend for another 180 days, total of 360 days. Now we're going we're gonna to watch those people because they're going to start coming off a uh, forbearance. We know a big chunk there of green there, the, the two bars there, 48% of those that went into forbearance didn't even need it. They, they, by the, they, by the way, David, they paid off their mortgage. David, no one's talking about that. <laughs> right. No right. one's talking about that. Every, I mean, and listen, be really clear, my friends, we are all 
in housing. We deal with individuals and families and trusts. Housing is super important, right? When you see that number and you say 6.4 million people potentially could lose their home, that is a staggering number. Sure. And yet when you start to break down and say, wait a minute, two and a half million, hit the button on Wells Fargo or Chase or whoever it is, and then said, no, we're just going to keep making the payments and okay, we're, you know, we're good, right? Yeah. And then yeah. another 625,000 paid off the debt. Now, it doesn't mean 100% of everybody's going to be okay. There's right. still, we're talking, you know, potentially, you know, 3 million people here, right, that are in, that are in some state of trouble. So right. we want to be mindful of that when you post this. You do want to be, <clears throat> excuse me, mindful that you could be talking about one of your past clients or one of your friends' friends. So just remember right. that. David, right. let's keep going. And, and the one thing I want to underscore, Tom, here is just because we're saying this is what's happening doesn't mean we don't need to talk about it. We absolutely need to continue to talk right. about this issue uh, in the market. So if we look at, you know, I'm going to say half, 48%, those are the ones yep. that said, I don't know what tomorrow is going to hold, but I'm going to yep. take it as an insurance policy, but I didn't need it. Okay. The, the gray bar there are, um, you know, 512,000 that are in their active uh, original term, their first term. So we know what they're they're doing. And then the two red boxes, 434,000 are in some form of loss mitigation uh, with their bank. Now, there, there was an article that came out this week that said we need to be concerned about those that are in loss mitigation. Now, my counter to that argument would be nobody's going to go through a work through with their bank and not be able to, to qualify. And oh, by the way, a term that we don't talk about a lot you know, these days in the mortgage business is the ability to repay. So they're going to have to demonstrate the ability to repay in order to go through uh, the workout. And so I'm not saying that everybody there is going to be out of the woods, but I, I think you can look at it and not say, okay, all these people are going to end up in default. Yes. Um, the, the last uh, tranche there, 116000 uh, are expired while delinquent. Those are the ones we have to watch. Now, Tom, you brought up a great point. We talked about this relative to a foreclosure crisis. And, you know, back in the, in the foreclosure crisis, per quarter, we hit a max of about a half a million foreclosure filings each quarter in this country. Today, we are at a tremendously low number. The second quarter of this year was about 26,000 due to the moratorium on foreclosures. But the average going back to the 90s is 206,000 foreclosures per quarter. Okay, if we were 116,000, if every one of them ended up that way, we wouldn't even hit the average. And I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. I'm stepping out of the camera because I got to write that down because I didn't want to lose that number. But I want you to say, listen, for all my friends watching right now, we have to be the educators. We have to be the voice of reason. That's why we're doing this show. We want to bring the voice of reason to you. We want you to then turn, put it out into the marketplace to be that knowledge broker. Everyone is going to be concerned about foreclosures. Everyone's going to be only reminded of what we know from the past, which is 2007, 8, 9, 10, et cetera. And he just gave you the numbers. It was a half a million a quarter during that time period. But for as long as they've been tracking, it's 200 and how many? 206,000 per quarter. That's been happening forever. So, yeah. so we need to know the data so we can contrast the crazy headlines that customers are going to be reading and saying, but what about Deb and oh my goodness, Scott, and you know, the world's falling apart. Yeah. Bob, David? Well, I think what, you know, Tom, you've done such a good job of, you know, helping us remember headlines are going to be out there and they're going to, to terrify rather than to clarify. Now, what's coming on the horizon? It is the headline that says foreclosures doubled, foreclosures tripled, foreclosures 
you, you know, whatever. And I think that's what we need to be um, aware of. Now, the other thing that, that we need to be aware of too, going into 2021, is there will be people affected to your point by forbearance, by economic distress uh, in, um, uh, in, in the pandemic. Now, First American did a great study on this and they said that there are two main triggers for a foreclosure. They're economic distress and lack of equity. Economic distress, we know that's happening. Right. Lack right. of equity, uh, not so much. We got a lot of people yeah. with a lot of equity. And it's an opportunity going into next year to say, and I'm going to talk about equity here in just a minute, to say, do you know how much equity you have in your home? There may be a situation, whether it's an investor, individual, or a family needs to liquidate. And you know what? They have the equity to be able to do that, whether the storm get to the other side uh, and, and, and hopefully, you know, provide for themselves and their family, you know, through this. So I'm just thinking out loud here. Um, there's a, a solution called Remind. It's a part of most of your MLSs. I think about, uh, I think about 90% of the U.S. has this. And inside of Remind, you can run a query on equity in an entire community. What, you know, how much do they owe on their, their mortgage as it relates to the value of the properties? It would be really interesting for you, my friend, watching this to, to take the geographic farms or the territory or the entire city that you live in and really get the local data. Because we're going to show you some numbers in terms of what's happened with equity, you know, what people were saying was going to happen, Susie Arman, versus what actually happened. And I think it's great when we talk about these national numbers. I think it's paramount for you as that hyper-local expert to say, this is what everybody said nationally. These are the numbers nationally. I did my research. Here's what's going on locally. And if you know anyone that is in distress, if you know anyone that needs a voice of reason, by all means, please reach out to me and let me know I am here to serve, right? I think that message would be very powerful in the marketplace. And, and be clear, I'd probably wait till January 10th, 12th, and then I put that out in the marketplace. Yeah. So David, let's, let's talk about it because the, the overall economy, that was the scare for everybody. And I know that's kind of the next conversation coming up here. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, I pulled this slide that we used when we covered that is, is the question was, when is the economy going to recover? If you remember back then you know, with the lockdown and, okay, we got to, we got to flatten the curve and businesses have got to, you know, you know, kind of curtail, if not shut down what they're doing and how right. they're operating. Right. Um, a lot of questions, a lot of people going, you know, how is this going to play out? Now I want to go back to what uh, we said in April this year. And yeah. you know, we talked about what major financial institutions were saying at that time, Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan, Morgan Stanley, and, and they were calling for a V-shaped recovery. We also had data from Harvard saying pandemics typically dominate uh, the landscape of economic recoveries and pandemics because it's a situation we deal with and then we we, we come back. Now, I, I don't think early on anybody could have anticipated the extent uh, of no. the pandemic and, and what we would go through, but there was a lot of fear out there relative to the, to the V-shaped recovery. And we talked extensively about this. I know a lot of you on the call, you know, stuck your neck out there, did things, put content out there, and people were like, I don't think it's going to be a V. And there was a lot of, you know, back and forth about, right. you know, what is it going to be? Yeah. In David, so I re David, I remember when we showed this slide back in April and even just, do you remember the comments? Oh yeah. There's no way 
you know, this thing, this thing is going to be an L. I mean, we're, you know, study pandemics, you know, we're back into 2000. I mean, even our own clients. Yeah. The, the note that I wrote down was there was just so much uncertainty. And those of us that remained calm, those of us that stayed focused, those of us that shared the numbers, shared the data, shared the experience. And I'm going to say most importantly, those of us that were in communication with our past clients in Sphere, we were the ones that helped. So I want to thank all of you. Just a, just a moment of just gratitude. But David, Absolutely. let's go back to the slides because we talked about this in, in April and everybody was talking, the L, the W. The <laughs> right, right. Remember? This showed up in May. You know, the check right. mark, the W, yeah. the tick, the flying yeah. W, yeah. A, a Nike swoosh. You know, typical economic terms are a, a, a U, a V, or an L, you know. Yep. And, uh, and, and so there was a lot of debate about that. And, you know, what, what our research team did is we went back and said, okay, what did we say in April and what actually happened? Yeah. And, and, and here's a look at that, uh, of what was said by leading financial institutions and what actually happened. You could just about put these over one, you know, on top of one another and see a, a mirror image there. Yeah. What do we take away from that? And here's, here's the big takeaway going into 2021, I would offer is there is a way to give clients confidence, to lead them with confidence by looking at what experts are saying. Experts are going to change their mind. Let's, that, that is a fact. But we can say, okay, this is what experts are saying right now. We're going to trust this data, this information. We're going to trust what we know about our local market and maybe the businesses and, and things that make it up. And this is how we're going to proceed confidently. And there is a way to do that because I think it – you know, it, it, a lot of people are asking that question, how do I give, you know, my clients confidence? How do I move forward confidently? And there is, there, there's a great way to do it. Hey, it's Tom Ferry. Question, what's your favorite social media platform? Are you big on Insta? Do you love to tweet? No matter where you answer, I'd love for you to connect with me there. All you got to do is just type in at Tom Ferry and follow and let's you and I connect. I want to be able to deliver the right content, the right ideas, the ways to help you grow your business, stay fired up, keep moving, be in action and run plays that work in the platform that matters most to you. So subscribe and I'll see you there soon. I want to say, I know you're about to show a really great uh, quote here from Jeff. Um, I think about a friend of mine, Gary Vaynerchuk, who many of you know, I met what feels like a hundred years ago. And one of the things he does a lot, it's something I encourage all of you to, to think about from your own perspective. He'll say, here's a clip of me in 2011 saying, Facebook is going to be the single greatest advertising platform on the planet. And then he shows up today and says, like kind of, you know, he's a little cocky, like, hey, was that right? Like, come on. Now, you could argue if you went back and looked at that slide, you, if you took the time to put that content out, if you shot a video, if you, I think of like Dave Robles, who literally, one of our great clients in Los Angeles in the high end, with Dave, he was literally doing this. Okay, so here's what this guy is saying, right? He was just, he had his camera here and he was just showing the slides like this. It would be so great to do that side-by-side -side comparison you're not being egotistical. You're reminding people that you take home ownership and housing very seriously, that you tap into economic micro and macro data points and you bring it to your customers. And you're like, you don't do it in a cocky way. You're like, hey, this is what I told you guys in April. And that little video plays. And here's how it actually worked out. And I want to let you know, here's the three predictions for 2021. 
right? And you share those three predictions. And by the way, David, I know we're going to talk about it, but let's be honest. It's it's called interest rates are low, demand is through the roof, and there's not enough inventory. Right, right. I mean, 2021 with with the pandemic potentially burning out, the vaccine and everything else we're seeing, you and I both know the stock market is going to go through the roof. Housing prices are going to go through the roof. And I want my clients to be ahead of that with their past clients and their sphere. So, so important, my friends. But let's jump back into what Jeff said. Yeah, you know, as we look at this and, and kind of start to turn the corner and say, okay, what's happening? Because that is the, the question relative to the economy. He says this here, it's early, but the fourth quarter economic data for the U.S. is coming in strong. Yesterday saw the Institute for Supply Management's November survey of purchasing managers staying well into expansion territory and construction spending rising to the second highest level on record in October. I'll skip down to the end. The result, gross domestic product is on track to outperform early results. So we've got to get through the winter. There's no doubt um, GDP and economic activity will be impacted by you know, rising cases and businesses not being able to operate. And we hope that's limited. But, but, but economists are saying, hey, what we see right now in the fourth quarter is ahead of what we thought. Okay, so the, the message there, and it kind of goes back to what you said about 2020 just a minute ago. The message right now is the economy is going to recover. Could we have a bumpy few months as we go through the winter? We could. Yep. But going into 2021, the stage that's being set, economically speaking, is very, very good. You know, we use a lot, a lot of times at KCM a quote that really underscores the point that in this economy, there was nothing fundamentally broken that needs to be fixed. You know, back in 2008, we, we, had, we had a lending situation. We had, you know, homes, uh, you know, that were appreciating too quickly. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute. We had things that were, were challenges. Right now, this has been a health crisis that no doubt is impacting businesses. I'm not saying it's not because there will be businesses that don't return yes. uh, from this. But there's nothing systemic in the economy that has to, has to be remedied. Right. So I know we're going to talk about this, David. It's so much of, I, this is my prediction. January and February, there's going to be a lot of headline grabbing media attention around recession, that we're not getting the vaccines out fast enough, right? We already see what's happening with cases, right? I think there's going to be, there's just, anytime there's uncertainty, right? right? The media cycle, the, you know, the podcasters to the YouTubers, to the headline grabbers are all going to come out so I think it's important. I know what we're going to go through next. I think it's very important for everybody to pay attention that you know the play that works. Yeah. You've got to get the word out early, especially with some of the data points we're about to walk you through. So let's go, let's go right to that next set of slides and let's let's walk them through this so everybody's on the same page of what we know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so the big question that we started out uh, in March, Tom, was is this yeah. going to be 2008 all over again? You know? Uh, is are we about to the same song second verse type of thing? Yep. You know, um, I pulled a quote to start this with that we used back in March uh, from Mark Fleming from First American. I think it's worth reading, and it says, uh, "Many still bear scars from the Great Recession and may expect the housing market to follow a similar trajectory in response to the coronavirus outbreak, but there are distinct differences that indicate that indicate the housing market may follow a much different path." Yep. And while housing led the recession in 2008 and 2009, this time it may be poised to bring us out of it. I mean, looking at that quote today, Tom, right from March, yeah, you know, uh, I don't know if 
people believe in fortune tellers or, you know, whatever it is, but, but, but Mark nailed it. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a prophetic looking into the future, you know? Um, I think I'm going to, I'm going to text him and say, okay, so who's going to win the Super Bowl? <laughs> exactly. Right. Because he was, he, he was, was spot on. In Vegas, you know, right. Right. I mean, but let's show him the next slide. So I think the next slide really, really speaks to some data points that everyone's going to want to pay attention to. And, and this whole slide should be put out on Instagram and Facebook and do a video about and more. Yeah, yeah. So if you'll remember these slides, these are what we use to, to really reinforce the point that this is not 2008 all over again. Right. Uh, you know, and really what we're trying to do through these is give people a visual that they can look at it and go, I get it. Home uh, appreciation. I get it. It's much higher six years leading up to the housing crash than it is today. Inventory right here, still a concern right now. Big difference in the market. Equity, the use of equity, very, very different. Yes. Um, yes. You know, and just across the board, when we started to look at the, you know, the, the way the business was going back then as compared to today, we could confidently say this isn't 2008 all over again. It's yes. not even close. Yes. You know? um, and, and, and I think, you know, that data was, uh, you know, sort of a, a precursor to say, okay, this is going to play out much differently uh, this time than it did last time. I think just looking at the top left corner, if you just look at the top left corner and say, okay, what was the difference between what led up to the housing crash versus where we are today? That, and then you look at the equity in the marketplace and the inventory levels, everything spoke to what we saw, which was a massive supply and demand issue. What mm -hmm. we didn't see was how many people were gonna migrate out of certain areas. You know, we, we, we obviously talked about it as we were watching it unfold, Right. But it would have been interesting to, to kind of knowing what we know now, think about that, like how you saw the Northeast, how you saw, you know, downtown LA, all these cities where people were just bouncing with remote work. Yeah. Pretty interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, by the way, what's your take? I'm just curious. Do you think that trend continues through all of 2021? Do you think it stops around September? What's your thoughts? You know, I, I think right now you're seeing... Here's the, and Bill Harney and I, the CEO of KCM, we're, we're talking about this last night. The vaccine conversation right now is a lot like, I'm going to call it the mask conversation was at yeah. the beginning of this year. You're seeing somebody say, we're going to be good this spring. Somebody saying, well, we're still going to need to wear a mask. There's a lot of information coming out. You know, it used to be wear a mask, don't wear a mask, do this, don't do that. I tend to think if we want to take a conservative view, we're going to go through most of next year, yeah. maybe some hints of things towards the end of the year of, if you want to call it normalcy or getting back to that. But I think a lot of, uh, of the year is going to be that way. Now, I will tell you experts, when they look at 2021 in the housing market, they're forecasting more activity on the second half of the year. That's not to say the first half is not going to be a good half because it is, but they really see things heating up in the second half of the year. Yeah. I was uh, just chatting with, you know, a bunch of friends in, you know, random second home marketplaces, Aspen, Jackson Hole, spots in Florida. They are so busy right as we speak. They don't even know what to do with themselves. There's nothing on the market. A nice home comes on the market. It's multiple offers. I would argue, David, that, that this trend of this, these migration patterns that we're seeing, really because of the digital transformation of the work life and our home life, I think 2021, if you're in, if you're in a, an hour and a half outside of a major city, 
and you have nice homes and decent prices, I think you're going to have a monster 2021. And you better put all of your eggs in the basket called how many research-based seller appointments can I get right now, right? Through all of 2021. Because whoever lists the houses is going to kill it next year. And you're going to see, I think the same frenzy that we're seeing with just the interest rates, the demand, and the lack of inventory, if you're in the mid to low price ranges, anywhere around the, you know, the US, you already know what it's like. We want to get on the listing side. So let's, let's get back into the housing market, you know, recovery index. And then the one I really want to talk about is that showing time piece. Cause I just, I just sent a text to Mike Lane, the CEO of showing time and said, we are all expressing our gratitude. Thank you so much for what you were able to give us so we can share it and everybody else can share it with their clients. So, so back to the slides. No doubt. Um, you know, we'll start here with this, with the NAR recovery index. They started this about halfway through, I'm going to call it, uh, through the pandemic. And, um, you know, it's given us this look again of, of decline uh, in the market into, I'm going to call it the early part of May. And then ever since then, this, this climb back up to where today we're operating above where we were in the market relative to these four components um, you know, in, in housing. And so I think we've seen a strong recovery through that. We've seen a, a, a validator that this is not 2008. You know, the, the enemy, economically speaking, for the housing market, um, you know, if 2008 is that, was the market would go down and stay down. Right. And, and right. it couldn't be further from the truth. The market went down when there were a lot of questions and literally people couldn't leave their homes and some were, were uh, you know, considered... Um, you know, essential and others weren't and all that, that conversation where when we came back, that pent up demand, those reasons, your point, Tom, the biggest winner probably in markets is the second home market uh, this year as we look at it uh, through the pandemic. And in the showing time data, you know, we were looking at showing time all throughout this shows a reflection of that. But here's the interesting thing in that we went down in a dip in activity and we went up and we've stayed up. Which right. is very, very telling in this relative to the, the the overall you know real estate economy. The number of people that have said, you know what, now is the time either through low interest rates, our needs, whatever the case may be, that we need to go out and we need to do something. And you know, great agents getting the word out there about this is how safely you can transact, yes. uh, you know, a home purchase or sale in this market is the key to to, to what happened. Yeah, I think everybody should, again, I'm going to say the same thing, should do a huge shout out to Mike Lane and the team at Showing Time, because this data, as we were looking, it was scary. When we were watching this and we were watching this, there's no doubt there was a lot of uncertainty for a lot of us out there. There was a lot of clients that were in a panic because we were watching it tumble. And remember, we were all stuck at home. There was nothing we could do about it, right? We were doing our pivot shows. We said, hey, we'll do two shows a week. We ended up doing six shows a week. And a lot of our clients just said, I just checked in because it was like the one positive thing I could check into every day that could give me a couple actions I can take online, et cetera. So I think this is really key, but show them the next slide. And I I almost feel bad because this woman has done a lot of good, but she whiffed on this one hard. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the, the next slide is really, I'm going to call it the the experts in the market. You may remember it. We, we addressed it at yeah. KCM. We addressed it in This Week in Housing with Susie Ormond's quote back in July, where she was basically saying, hey, properties are going to come on the market. They're going to lose value. She gave a $300,000 example of a home selling for $150,000. Right. I clipped out a couple of her words. 
Yeah. One concern is property values. There goes the price of real estate. And that's yeah. exactly what happened in 2007 yeah. and 2008. Right. Right. Now, I mean, it, it was a, it was an easy thing for us. And I want to, I want to stress, I mean, we may have been hard on Susie, you know, during that time. Um, I know, I know Steve Harkin was pissed, right. <laughs> Would be the best way to describe it, but she has done a lot of good for a lot of people. Sure. Sure. She but, whipped on that one. She yeah. whipped on that one. Let me say this about that. Um, Susie Oran does not spend her life researching and understanding the real estate business. No, no. In today's world, agents have access to better information than authorities. Right. That's the big takeaway. It's not a slam on her. It's not anything. We have the chance to drive the narrative. And so many agents went in and said, she's wrong. This is what... This is what's going to happen. And that's a chance for us to step into that conversation and say, no, we, we know what's going on. Yep, 100%. By the way, my friends, everybody out there, because we maybe have, I think we have three or four slides left and then we're done. I want to, again, I want to thank you all. Make sure you go to mykcm.com forward slash Tom Ferry, download all the slides. Please create some content with this. Uh, and then I would say to you, do me a giant favor right now. Um, tag one agent that you know that needs to see this message. Tag a friend who needs to see this message. Maybe it's your broker. Maybe it's your title rep. Maybe it's a, you know, I, I talked to a mortgage loan officer like literally this week and he said, Gavin, Tom, you know, interest rates are going to go up and then, you know, next year is going to be really, you know, it's going to be really hard. I'm like, what data are you reading? Like, what are you talking about? And he's in the business, David, having one of his best years ever, but he's a little cynical. Sure. In, in fairness, I, will, I won't say his name out loud. He would be very upset. I love you, but don't be cynical. Rates are low. You should refinance your own house again six for the sixth time this year. Right. All right. Let's talk about let's talk about equity and where people are at because this is a really important point for people to get. There is so much money out there right now. Home values have appreciated so much, and it's going to continue. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is some information you're going you're to want to grab and you can go get the slide Tom just mentioned. Um, and I think, Tom, as we look back on this year, the, you know, the standout of housing is going to be equity uh, in, in so many different ways. Um, but but this is the latest report from CoreLogic. $17,000, the average equity gained in a mortgaged home over the last year. Yep. 194,000 is the average equity of a mortgaged home. Now, if you'll remember, that number used to be 177,000. We talked right. a lot about it. Yep. Um, that number has grown to 194,000. CoreLogic says 38.2% uh, percent of homes are owned free and clear. And I know before you go, wait a minute, David, you said John Burns. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're going to see a little bit of difference in, in, in how different folks, you know, how the census reports at CoreLogic, different reporting agencies, but a significant number of homes owned free and clear. Yes. And, and the equity increase across the country, uh, you know, over 10%. And I think this goes back to the point that you said, being mindful of how we chat with people right now and those that maybe are in a situation that they're going to have to do something, you know, they're going to hopefully have access to the equity through their home to be able to do something and, you know, and get to the other side, so to speak, uh, of, of the crisis. I want to go back and show them the next slide, David. And I want to just reiterate showing yeah. this slide, the last slide that we just showed you, and then you doing, whether it's Remine or some other data mining solution that you've got to be able to say, and here's what's happening in downtown St. Louis. 
Yeah, exactly. Here's what's going on in the west side of Omaha, Nebraska. So you go national, hyper-local, and then you share that data. And once again, I would share the forbearance conversation. I would put all these together and say, we know we're going to hear this. I'm a housing expert. If you know anyone that needs any help, I'm always here to serve. Something I like that where you're showing, again, we've always said it, show the national data and then go hyper-local. Because remember, consumers don't hire national agents. They hire the hyper-local expert who knows a little bit more about their home, their community than anybody else. And that's you, my friend. So it's a really important moment. And so many people this year have done that and tagged KCM and- you know, on Facebook and Instagram, every place, but but doing more of that, being the expert, kind of where we started this conversation out. We're able to step into that conversation uh, in a better, more effective way than some, you know, authorities that may be on TV or wherever the case may be. In uh, asserting that uh, today, I think is is absolutely right. And you can see on this map across the country, the significant right. equity that's been gained in homes. And now th- this is the interesting thing. I, I clipped this quote from CoreLogic uh, from the CEO, our chief economist, I'm sorry, Dr. Frank. Uh, he says, over the past year, strong home price growth has created a record level of home equity for homeowners. The average family with a home mortgage had 194,000 in home equity in the third quarter. We just just went over that. And here's the point where, where it underscores the importance of equity through this. This provides an important buffer to protect families if they experience financial difficulty and is one of the reasons for generational low uh, in foreclosure rates. Equity is strong. People, you know, if you remember this, we talked about how people had handled equity after 2008. You know, Tom, you and I were talking on the phone the other night and, you know, the point is if 2008 doesn't happen, people don't handle equity that way. They may not have it when we, when we hit this crisis. So there, there was a silver lining to, to the, all of the challenges we faced in the housing crisis and it's, and it's bearing out uh, well for homeowners today. Definitely. Definitely. Well, we got two more slides, David, and I know the one is a great quote from Mark Fleming, and then we want to wrap it up with a bow and give him some marching orders for 2021. So let's, let's take him to the next slide. Yeah. So, so this is the Mark Fleming quote that you mentioned. And I think this, as we look at equity, but it, we look into next year, he says, as homeowners gain equity in their homes, they are more likely to consider using that equity purchase or a larger or more attractive home. The wealth effect of rising equity in today's housing market, fast rising demand against limited supply of homes for sale has resulted in continue house price appreciation. As we go into next year, more and more people will say, we didn't do something last year. Interest rates are still great. We've, we've accumulated more equity. Now is the time. You know, and, and inventory is going to come from, from builders, uh, certainly being optimistic and, and, you know, putting more inventory into the market from those affected from the pandemic, from those that put off doing something this year, because, you know, for one reason or another, they were concerned about their health or, or something else. And so I think that positioning and understanding where we sit relative to equity is key looking into next yes. year. Yeah. You know, I'm just looking at the comments, David, uh, uh, Tamara says, this is perfect for a postcard. Exactly. I keep saying video. You guys know I'm a huge advocate of it. Direct mail inside of your email. I see a David, the number of people I saw taking slides and creating email newsletters. So it was, you know, here's what I told you. Here's what's going on. Here's what's happening. This is what experts are saying. I I can't stress it enough. I I know you're going to talk to me about sort of, you know, the trends and sort of recapping our conversation two weeks ago. 
But I want to share this thought with you, my friends. In 2021, I would challenge you to have no more than three goals. No more than three goals in your business. Your number one goal should be how many listings you can take in 2021. If you put all of your effort and all of your concentration and all of your marketing prowess towards finding research-based sellers and ready sellers, 2021 is going to be an extraordinary year for you. The second thing I want to stress to you, I know this and you know it as well. If you aren't doubling down on the nurture campaigns and staying connected to the people inside your database, you are missing out on a gold mine. And let me remind you, every major portal and every smart marketing company out there is going aggressively, television, radio, digital, and more to get your past clients and to get your sphere, to click on somebody else's site and be shuffled off to somebody else. Now, I'm not dogging those people. Many of them are friends. They're doing what they want to do. You need to make sure you're doing what you need to do. I get asked the question every day on Instagram and in my text community, you know, what should my marketing focus be? You know, where, you know, what sources should I be going after? And my answer always is your database first and foremost. Number two, your geographic farms. Number three, make no bones. The advancement of technology with digital or virtual open houses for the agents that have continued to do it, they have killed it. And I want to stress to you, I hope you're doing the same. So that's the second goal. The third goal, if I could wave a magic wand, David, for every client in, in my entire ecosystem, it would be set a savings and debt reduction goal as it relates to how you want to build your business. I just, Tristan, can I share? I literally told Tristan yesterday, Tristan, who many of you have met, Tristan, listen to me, you and your wife make great money. Figure out how you can live off just one of your, you know, one of your incomes and save every ounce of the other dollars. And he's like, but you know, and I'm like, listen, I know you're young. You just bought your first house. Everything is rosy and, you know, sushi dinners on Friday, right? And I said, listen to me, you don't have enough money saved. If he takes the time and he and his wife sit down and they get disciplined about this, they can change the financial course of their trajectory forever. We are in a boom real estate market right now. Let's not have this be another moment where you help a lot of people make a fortune because they were buying and selling real estate and you made good income, great income, but you didn't save it. So those are my three things that I would stress to all of you. David, closing thoughts. What would you stress to everybody out there? You know, I, I, Tom, I was just listening to you. It, it, such a, an important reminder. And thank you for being a voice in, in you know, in our business for that reality, you know, uh, of, of what we need to do, because it, it, it goes by so fast. Um, right. and, and I think true, the message that we're sending uh, to the clients we serve about building wealth through real estate right now. Yep. Tremendous, tremendous opportunity. You know, I, I think the, um, the, the last slide that I'll pull up here and, uh, you know, I think it underscores not only from uh, where it came from showing time, but but maybe the, you know, the, 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 the thing that comes out of this showing time said market data has always been a powerful tool for real estate, but 2020 marked a new high point for how data was leveraged to encourage informed decisions and to help real estate professionals reinforce their status as market experts. You know, I, I think that that everything that yeah. we've talked about, yep. reinforcing our status as market experts 
Tom, you, you've been the voice for that through through video, through getting out there. I don't care what you think you look like or how you want to do it or whatever. Just being able to come back and, and, and even what we've talked about in the last, you know, 45 minutes, take on a, a, a personality, if you will, on the national level and say, no, it's going to turn out differently than that. Use the data to go out and, uh, and, uh, and really deliver the truth in the market. You know, I always go back to that quote that, that came out this summer that headlines do more to terrify than to clarify. And our job right now, our job going into 2021, and I think you're right, as we cross over into the year, there's going to be some bumpy road ahead and there's going to be headlines and there's going to be prices are appreciating too fast. Here we go again. Here's what is happening and we're going to need to be prepared for that. And the thing I know about you know, today it's December 16th. We'll be here again on December 16th next year. And then you'll wish you would have started something, you know, in your life and in your business and, uh, and, and getting, getting this information out, you know, keeping current matters. We want to support you in that. And Tom, you, you started this off by saying, you know, tremendous things about keeping current matters and on behalf of keeping current matters. And, and I'm going to say it for everybody on this call. Thank you for being a leader worth following through this year because because you were able to to bring that clarity of what we needed to do and get back to work and make calls and do everything we need to do and know on our end uh, we're extremely grateful for you thank you partner thank you you guys uh you mean a lot to me it goes yeah just yes (laughs) lots of love right back to you All right. So my friends, as we wrap it up, uh, you know, from David and myself and both of our combined companies and all of our communities, uh, we wish you and your loved ones uh, a healthy, resilient, moving forward, powerfully full of lots of gratitude. Uh, Merry Christmas and happy Hanukkah and happy Merry everything. And then let's get into 2021 because it's going to be an extraordinary year. So we wish you peace and joy and health. We love you guys. We'll see you on the next show. Take care. If you want more information about this episode, including my show notes, mentions, links, and everything else, make sure you visit tomferry.com slash podcast. That's tomferry.com slash podcast. Thanks again and talk to you soon.